Hi, this is Jim Martin, and this is my encouragement note number 76. In this issue, I want to talk about trembling with gratitude, my soul at night, going through the motions, what helps us continue, and finally, etc., listening and reading resources. The list of five, tremble with gratitude. There are precious moments when a family is together and they remember the stories that are important to them. Often these stories may be about family members who have died, and yet the stories still live. Wendell Berry wrote in his book, Leavings, the following, I tremble with gratitude for my children and their children who take pleasure in one another. At our dinners together, the dead enter and pass among us in living love and in memory. And so the young are taught. Barry speaks of family dinners when those who have passed on are remembered. The stories may be funny or even inspiring. These stories may speak of a quality of a family member that we treasure. Recently, I've told stories about the following people. My dad, Jim Martin, who lived in Dallas and passed away in December 2013. My grandmother, Iris Martin, formerly taught at Harding Academy in Searcy, Arkansas. Charlotte's dad, Charles Coyle, longtime minister who lived in Florence, Alabama. My friend and mentor, Lynn Anderson founder of Hope Network Ministries, and my friend Bill Petty, a friend and longtime professor of finance at Baylor University. Even though all of these people whom I have just mentioned have died, their memories and stories still live, and I'm encouraged by telling stories about those who have invested in my life. And as I tell these stories, my children and grandchildren listen to what I really value. Recently, our son, our grandson, Brody, age 12 and in the sixth grade, was baptized. This was a very special moment for him. It was also a special moment for me as well. This occurred on a Wednesday evening with several families present who have meant so much to him, his brother Lincoln and his mother Christine. In particular, I appreciated several men who have modeled what it means to be a godly man. Consider a few people who have been significant in your own life. What is a story or encouraging moment that comes to mind as you think about those who have invested in you? What is a significant moment as you think about this person? What is an encouraging or inspiring word or gesture? Remembering and even telling some of these stories may even cause you to tremble with gratitude. Second, my soul at night. What do you think about during the evening or at night? You may be in conversation with your children or your spouse. Perhaps you help your child with a project. Perhaps you watch television or read a book and finally go to sleep. 
on other evenings. You may have a social engagement, a church meeting, or a school function. Yet perhaps during the night, you awaken and think. You worry about the challenges ahead. And as your mind races ahead to the dreaded meeting, the upcoming doctor's appointment, or the implications of your daughter's decision, you ask, what if? At night, fear can be so stark, vivid, and terrorizing. At night, I can get lost in my memories of relationships in the past. Perhaps I can focus on the people I deeply miss due to death, divorce, or simply time passing. At night, I can get lost in my wounds, my sins and betrayals in the past. I can rehearse over and over my mistakes, my blunders, and my failures. Or I may relive again the hurtful words or actions someone took toward my loved one. At night, I can get lost as I imagine the future. I can think of nights when I sat in the empty theater of my mind, imagining what awful things might happen in the future. The future can look uncertain at best and terrifying at its worst. And yet there's another way to navigate the night. Consider Psalm 63, 6 through 8. On my bed, I remember you. I think of you through the watches of the night. Because you are my help, I sing in the shadow of your wings. I cling to you. Your right hand upholds me. I have found that I can think of God in the night. Some nights I've turned to this very psalm and have focused my mind on God and His promises. He really is my help and yours. I don't have to allow my fear, anxiety, and worry to take over and escalate my emotions. Instead, I can cling to God, remembering that my life is not about being sufficiently strong, but in trusting His promises. So what is helpful to me in the night? Number one, I sometimes read the Psalms, looking for words, phrases, etc. that describe the character and might of God. Second, recently I I read passages that spoke about God doing the impossible. That was helpful. Number three, sometimes I'll write in my journal. I focus on something good for which I am grateful. And finally, I can pray at night. Sometimes I may not feel like praying, but I have found that my prayers matter and remind me that I am dependent on Him, not myself. Number three, going through the motions. Do you ever just go through the motions? Well, if you're like many of us, you may experience this at times. Your heart or mind doesn't seem to be connected with your action, and you perform the action, but it may seem empty of any real meaning or purpose. Of course, I don't want to spend my life just going through the motions. And yet it is possible that going through the motions can be a way to jumpstart a habit, practice, or even creativity. Recently, Austin Kleon wrote the following. Going through the motions is often thought of as a bad thing, but it is the artist's great secret for getting started. As I wrote in 
steal like an artist, his book. If we just start going through the motions, if we strum a guitar or shuffle sticky notes around a conference table or start kneading clay, the motion kickstarts our brain into thinking. So get your pen moving and something will come out. It might be trash, but it'll be something. Again, going through the motions may be a way to jumpstart a habit, a practice, or even our creativity. For example, you may not be motivated to read your Bible. And yet, what if you were to begin by first going through the motions? That is, what if the night before you placed your Bible at the very spot where you normally drink your first cup of coffee? Perhaps you even place a bookmark at a passage you intend to read in the morning. You might plan to read a short brief, a short or a brief passage. These are beginning points. They're small steps that you are using to begin to make some progress. And so in the morning, begin to read your Bible, even if you don't feel inspired or motivated to do so. Sometimes we wait too long for inspiration or motivation. And when you begin your practice, your heart may not be in it. However, at least you have begun. You've made a start. As a minister for a congregation, I recall going through a season where I did not feel motivated to visit church members who happened to be in the hospital. At times, I would put it off while waiting for the motivation. What helped was to at least write the task on my calendar, and I would make the notation that I planned to visit a certain hospital at a particular time. This at least helped get me started. Of course, later on, I was typically delighted that I had visited that person. What about you? What's, what's helped you do the next right thing when you did not feel particularly motivated or inspired? Number four, what helps us continue? And this is especially for ministers and other church leaders. This is part two of two. Not long ago, in preparation for a presentation at the annual Hope Network retreat, I talked with a number of ministers from across the country. I asked them what habits or practices had contributed to their decision to continue serving. In encouragement note number 75, I mentioned several of these. The following are additional practices or habits these ministers mentioned. I'm going to read the category and then a couple of comments under each one. Marriage and family. One person spoke of his wife as a chief encourager during this time, the time period of COVID. Another said, my marriage has been my saving grace. One minister acknowledged the value of having a spouse who is experiencing some level of contentment in the congregation. And still another minister spoke of the encouragement given by his mom, dad, and children. Next category, God and Jesus. One minister said, I kept coming back to Jesus. Several spoke of going back to their calling and sense of vocation. I just have this sense that this is what I'm supposed to do, said one minister. Another minister focused on the suffering of Jesus and now wants to be faithful in his ministry during a time in which he has suffered. Still another minister did a lot of reading about Israel in exile and desired to be faithful at a time in which he too felt like an exile. 
And finally, a minister said, it helps to have a wholesome humility that relates to my ministry. This is God's work, not my own. And I want to be faithful to these people as God is faithful. Next category, focusing on what gives joy. One minister began to focus and spend time doing the things in ministry that seemed to, have, seemed to give great joy. For example, this minister realized that he actually found great joy in the process of preparing the Sunday morning message. One minister said that even though this had been a difficult time, quote, I still like what I do, close quote. Next category, late night readings. One minister said, most of my anxiety and negative thinking comes at night. There are certain books I keep by my bed to read when I begin to head in that direction. These readings remind me that I am not alone and there is help, close quote. Another person spoke of sub subscribing to audible books and listening to books completely unrelated to ministry. Next category, Sabbath. One minister said, I made sure I took a Sabbath rest each week. I don't go to the office that day and I don't mess with sermons. I finally took a sabbatical after being at this church for a number of years. This was so helpful that I now look for ways to create many sabbaticals during times like the Christmas holidays. And then next category, therapists, mentors, coaches, spiritual directors. I was impressed at the number of ministers who told me they had seen a therapist. And still others mentioned working with coaches, spiritual directors, and mentors. Next category, physical activity. Ministers talked about working out, walking, and running. One minister said, my wife and I walk every day. One minister said that due to physical limitations, he could no longer do the workouts he did at one time. However, he does some exercise given to him by a physical therapist. Next category, keep going file. For a long time, one minister said, I have kept a keep going file. Every encouraging note, comment, letter that I receive goes in this file. One said, I will write in my journal a happy thing that I enjoyed that particular week. Next category, choosing to love the congregation. One minister said that the preachers he knows who have stayed really love their churches. He went on to say these preachers feel like they are supported and have a voice in the leadership. And finally, reading history and biographies. One minister spoke of investing a lot of time in reading history and biographies. This person said, I began to realize that ministry has always been hard for a lot of people. Well, the final category is etc. And there are a number of resources, including a video. You might find at least one of these resources valuable. Thank you so much for your time in listening this encouragement note. I hope in some way this has blessed you. I'm always happy to hear from you at jmartin9669 at gmail.com. Hope you have a great week.